Welcome to Flowcast. I'm Sister Beth Murphy. I am so pleased to share today's guests with you. They have not met one another before, but what they have in common is an appreciation for the mission of the Dominican Literacy Center in Aurora, Illinois. It was at that literacy center that Delilah Alegria's mother learned English and prepared for her citizenship test. That fact alone, Delilah will tell you, changed the trajectory of her life forever. So welcome, Delilah. Thank you. And Anna-Marie Kukak-Tomzik, a curious journalist looking for a good story to tell, settled on the inspiring lives of women who, just like Delilah's mom, found the path through their immigrant journeys forever changed because of their time at the Dominican Literacy Center. So welcome to you, Anna-Marie. Thank you very much. And I'd like you to enjoy meeting one another and saying hello to each other. Hi, Hi Anna-Marie. I loved your book. I oh, truly... thank you, Delilah. It's great to meet you and so happy to hear the experience you've had um, uh, indirectly through the uh, center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say indirectly because I wasn't a student, but I've been involved since I was since I was my teenage years when my mom went through the school, through the program and that, and then I reconnected with Sister Kathleen after that. But um, at one of our advisory board meetings, Sister Kathleen mentioned the book, and she's like, "Oh, you know, you might want to read it. Anybody who's interested." So I remember ordering it off of Amazon and just like that's all the stories. It was like you could find something that you found that you linked to or at least i did like it was just their stories were so different yet so alike and each of them had parts of me and i could see that reflected in each of the stories i'm like i guess growing up i always thought like we were so isolated so alone in our bubble and there were so many other people living just like we were i remember um delilah when you and i spoke for an interview oh maybe six months ago that that was what struck me about um, your um, remembering reading Anna Marie's book, that you could see your story, your mom's story in the book. Can you think of one in particular at this point that really touched you? I mean, uh, I, like I said, all of them, like I remember Maria Dominguez's family, like when they were thinking of buying another house because the one they, they could were comfortable in the one they, that they could afford, but could they take that next step? And I think as an immigrant family, you always wonder like, am I going too far? Like, is this where I have reached? Like, am I, I'm comfortable, like, why do I need more? But then I think I can, and you have that struggle, that always that struggle. And like, I remember that. And then um, the other um, lady who had the domestic violence situation at home and that, and it's just like, like everybody has their own struggles and we're all just dealing with it. And like, like you, you feel so ashamed that you're like isolated, but in reality, there's no, no need for that. So there's no need to feel ashamed or isolated. And that's, I'm hearing you say, Delilah, that that's what you learned from Anna Marie's work. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, definitely it, it solidified that. But I think just, you know, moving through the center, through life and that, you just recognize that, you know, your being vulnerable is okay and showing who you are in your story, it makes you stronger. It makes you a better person. And it's just share it and make sure that the people that come behind you can also see that the strength in that. Yes. And I think you've done a magnificent job. Um, you told me that 
you know, you, you find meaning in your life by paying it forward because of what you saw your family received. And we will get into that um, as we go through the conversation. But uh, right now, Anna Marie, would you like to talk about what it was like for you, if you can remember back several years ago when you first approached the Sisters at the Literacy Center and began to understand the work that they do there? What was that? Yes, that. That was an incredible experience because, it, as you mentioned, being a longtime journalist, you're so used to doing really quick hit stories, whereas this was going to be a longer term project and getting more deeper into the lives of people, um, much more so than I've done before. Uh, talking to the sisters was incredible because not only did they give me sort of an outline, like an arc of how things started at the very beginning, how they struggled to get the money they needed to sort of jumpstart the project and how things developed over time. And, and as the book followed, like a 25-year span. So as I followed the center, I also followed these women over a 25-year span. And you can see in everybody, um, once they learned English and once they felt like they can assimilate better into society or at least into their own neighborhood, um, and jobs and work, that they were able to expand on that. Like many of them, uh, as soon as they started earning money, they saved it. Uh, as soon as they started uh, working harder for their family, everyone got involved. And it was just remarkable the amount of determination each of these women had, not only the sisters who started the centers, but also the women who were among the first students. Because as you know, when something starts, it's a little touch and go at the beginning because you're still feeling your way in how to form that center and how to make sure that it has a great future. And it's exactly what happened. So these women uh, did like many of the immigrants too, like even in my own family, I came from an immigrant family. So it, it, it really solidified how much determination and love and faith had to do with their journeys, because many of these women I talked to, God was the number one focus point for their lives and what they did and how they were able to accomplish things. Anna-Marie, your book is called uh, We Are Eagles, and you published with a, I believe, a woman-owned publishing house called Fig Factor. Would you tell the story of where the title comes from? The title We Are Eagles came from actually one of the uh, main women that was featured in the book, Maribel. She was, as um, Delilah mentioned, was the domestic violence, domestic survivor, domestic violence survivor. And she basically was struggling to make saving for a place to live, saving for a car. She went through a lot of the milestones that many women take for granted here that, you know, when they got their GED or when they were able to take driving lessons, when they got their driver's license, when they bought their first used car. And so once Maribel got that car and her little girl was so excited, she says, we're like, we are like eagles now. We can fly anywhere. In other words, they didn't have to de depend on anyone else anymore to give them rides to, say, a medical appointment or to the grocery store or even to get to the center for her English lessons. The little girl was just so ecstatic now, she felt an intense feeling of independence. And that's what a lot of the people were feeling 
as they journeyed through this was the sense of independence. They felt they no longer had to depend on anyone else, especially the women, were able to do what they needed to do to love and support their family and let them grow and let them find their own direction. You say it so beautifully and eloquently. Like, I mean, like you just relating that story, it's the same thing. My mom didn't know, learn how to drive till I was about 10 or 11. And like the same thing, the freedom we felt, the, the ability to not be tied down. And it's partially cultural too, you know, like the man is the head of the house and you abide by that and you get that little bit of freedom. And it's like, what else can I do? And you give them, like the Dominican Literacy Center gave them wings to fly and to soar. Delilah, would you talk a little bit more about how your mom found her way to the Literacy Center and what that has meant in your life and the life of your whole family? Sure. Um, so similar to the ladies in the book, um, there was an announcement at church about, you know, there's classes to learn how to read, write, and speak English. And my mom had been struggling with different things at home and that. And she's like, do you think I can do it? Like, you guys are a little bit older. We're in our teens now. There's three of us. She had three kids. And we're like, go for it, like do it, like try try it and see, you know, it's an hour and a half a week, we'll figure it out, you know. So she would come home, cook dinner, and then go to class. Sometimes she would take us with and we would do like the little child care center that they have set up for the for the kids there. But she went through the program and you could just see it was much more than just those, you know, technical skills. It was the empowerment, the confidence, the pride. She went on to Abanzi, she got her GED, she took some college education courses, and she ended her career. She retired as a school aide, as a teacher's aide for a special needs class. And it's like everything just like trickled down. And like my mom, she was she is my biggest cheerleader, and she was just telling her her tutor sister, um, June, about, you know, who I was and you know how smart I was. So she had me go and take the entrance exam at Rosary High School. And then the sisters worked their magic and were able to get me a full ride, including books and uniforms, because we wouldn't have been able to afford that, to be able to go to Rosary for four years. And then came my sister right after me and they figured that out too. And I think, you know, opening our lens, opening our eyes to this world that was so much more than East Aurora. We just knew church school, like we didn't know anything about the West Side of Aurora or anything. And it's just like that little bit like gave us wings so that we could soar. And, you know, Sister Suzanne sold me my first car so that that way I could have um, transportation to Rosary. You know, like Father Joe at St. Treat for the center on the campus of St. Treat Church. I started working there when I was 14. Like They just made it happen because they saw the need that we had. And I think... Like, I just felt so unique in that situation, but reading the book, it's like the sisters helped everybody. Like that story where they went and took Christmas decorations and Christmas things to that family that had nothing. And it's like, they just know they have a sixth sense about these things and figure things out for, for us. You know, and I sit on the other side of that and listen to the stories of the sisters who over the years, Sister Kathleen Ryan, who was the founder of the center and Sister Jane Ann Beckman and the many other sisters who have gone through there as one of their ministry assignments over the years, they tell stories about the women and their families. So for you, Delilah, it seems like the sisters were miracle workers. And from their perspective, 
what they were simply doing was supporting women who already had the determination and the desire to learn English and to become acclimated to life in the United States. And so often it's the same as what you just told me. These women do it for the sake of their families um, and for the sake of the next generations, do you know? And so I love Anna Marie's book too, because it puts the emphasis where it belongs on the determination, the strength and the courage of the women who go through the literacy center and how it changes their lives. I mean, it really does. It's just our life did a 180 after, you know, being introduced to the sisters to the Dominican Literacy Center, so many more doors open. And like I always say, I was just one person. It's been almost 30 years now of the Dominican Literacy Center in existence, and they have around 200 students each year. So like the ripple effect of all of this, it's like the magnitude is the impact is just huge. I was just looking at the sisters' website this morning, and uh, since 1993, more than 2,500 women have gone through the Literacy Center. And I would imagine all of them, or the majority, had kids or have kids that that they're empowering as well by by being and be, by providing something for themselves. They're also giving to their family. Anna Marie, would you like to share an experience that you had with um, any of the women that you interviewed and maybe the impact of their, their, their studying at the Literacy Center on their children and families? Oh, sure. Um, in fact, just to add to what you just said about the uh, 2,500 students that have gone through there over the years, they are from about 30 different countries, from what I've been told. And so it's just phenomenal that this is literally worldwide. This has had an impact on women throughout the world, not just here in the the United States. But I do have to say with the women that I talked to, there were a number of women too that did not get into the book because many of their stories were very similar. I tried to select women that were different ages and different um, economic backgrounds and different circumstances to try and give a variety for other people who would possibly read it. And I did find it was remarkable that, like, say, one woman, Maribel, almost had all these excuses why she should not do it at the beginning. And it happened to be a social worker that was kind of nudging her along. In fact, you literally brought her to the steps of the center to tell her that this would help her and to do this. And it was every excuse under the book at the beginning about, well, she doesn't have money for this. Well, Sister Kathleen said, well, you don't have to worry about that. It's going to be taken care of. Then uh, she didn't know how to start. She's never had this or that. It was not a concern. Then she was worried because she was starting to go through a divorce and she knew nothing about the U.S. courts and didn't know what she was going to get through. And literally, um, the sisters there helped her along where she could get to the classes that she needed to get to. She was able to focus on the studies She was able to bring her daughter in with her during the program simply because just to kind of keep a little eye on the girl so she, you know, doesn't get into trouble or anything. But as long as she played and enjoyed herself while her mom was taking her lessons. So and then there was a a part where um, Maribel just couldn't make it anymore because here she was still dealing with buses and during a snowstorm or rainstorm and dealing with traffic jams and trying to get to to the class on time. And she sort of just stopped going. 
at one point when Sister Kathleen called and asked, you know, what her concerns were. And when Maribel explained it, she said, if you write a letter, we can have an endorsement to be able to go pick up your daughter from kindergarten and bring her to the class. And then you can come separately. You don't have to worry about, you know, crossing the city to, to try and pick her up and then going back to class. And so it seemed like the sisters, even at the beginning, when they were struggling to form the center and get it going, they, uh, they had enough initiative to be able to reach out to these people to see what the barriers were and to try and eliminate them and try to make a clear road for them to be able to learn what they needed to learn in order to move on in their lives. That is a beautiful story. I read the book. I did not remember all those details about Mary Bell's story. Would you tell us a little bit about what she's doing today? Uh, Yes, in fact, she's been running a restaurant very successfully on the south end of Naperville. And she's using her family recipes for that place. And very often she's struggled at the very beginning trying to get that place going. She had a lot of determination and she was worried about paying like the utility bills and keeping things together. And But she was able to. And, and throughout all of that, she kept her faith and she was very determined to make sure that it was done and that it was uh, going to operate okay. And in fact... I described two towards the end of the stories where she wanted to do a marathon and help raise money for the poor. And she never ran in her life. And she barely made it from the restaurant to her car in the parking lot, you know, after a tough day of working. And so she was so determined to do that. She uh, trained for it. She did it little by little and followed the instructions, what she was, how she was trained And I'm not going to tell you the end of the book, uh, or at least for those who are listening, simply because I've got to leave a little surprise there. But she also, in every effort like that, she thought of God. And while some of the women were Catholic in the book, uh, she had gone um, to another Christian religion in a church in Naperville. And she was very determined to pay back no matter what she was able to do in the phases of her life such as even the success of the business. She wanted to pay back. She went back to Mexico and was able to, you know, give trinkets to kids or candy to kids. And then she bought sweaters and jackets for people on the street. So it's remarkable that regardless of what situations people were in, what their religions were, they were always accepted there. There, No questions were asked about religion. No questions were asked about their their status as a citizen, just as long as they were determined to come in, help do the work, and make sure that uh, they were able to try and move on in their life with that, with that information and with the help of the sisters. Yes, Anna Marie, you, you talk about Maribel uh, paying back the way Delilah put it is paying it forward. So Delilah, would you mind sharing with us the story of what happened to your family as your mother graduated from the Literacy Center. How are you and your siblings doing? Well, I would say we're we're very relatively comfortable and you know, in the grand scheme of things, like my mom is very proud. We all graduated college. A couple of us have graduate degrees and we, you know, will never be able to pay back everybody that helped us along the way. We're never going to be able to make an impact that way. I mean, there were many organizations that helped us throughout the years. So what my motto is, I'm going to pay it forward and do it to somebody else. 
because I think that's that's the way that that you know you build community. So we try to volunteer, we help out um, in different capacities, and just help the next generation because you just never really are going to be able to. Thank you. Just seems like such a meaningless word when when they've impacted your life so much. The sisters and the center, like they literally took us out of a dark place and like provide us opportunity. They taught us how to fish, they guided us. And it's just, we can't repay that ever. So we're trying to pay it to forward to somebody else. And talk a little bit, if you would, about how you're doing that professionally in your work. So I'm very fortunate to be able to um, run a non nonprofit. We provide funding for mental health, developmental disabilities and substance use disorder services in Southern King County. So. I, I get the best of both worlds. I get to volunteer and help out with causes on my free time, but then my actual work is also, you know, very meaningful and I, impactful for our community. I think sometimes those are populations that are least represented or least heard from because of the stigma, because of the misunderstandings with those populations. So we really try to fund and do planning and just work with the agencies that provide services so that that way we can have better resources for families and individuals that are going through any kind of mental health conditions. And that's a pretty amazing way to be paying something forward. I mean, that that is n not nothing. And for a time, you were on the board at the Literacy Center. Would you talk a little bit about your volunteer service there and what you see moving forward after 30 years, what you see the Literacy Center contributing to the community in Aurora? I mean, it's, it's a safe haven. It's a, everybody that, you know, the immigrant community knows about the Dominican Literacy Center and, and what they provide, you know, whether it's the citizenship classes or the tutoring, everybody, I feel like has been impacted by the DLC at some point. Again, the full circle thing with Sister Kathleen, I was at a meeting, a community meeting, and I ran into her after not seeing her for a few years once my mom finished the program. And we talked and, you know, just caught up on life. And then she took down my contact info and reached out to me about the advisory board. And I've always told her I could never say no to Sister Kathleen. <laughs> so whatever she needs, <laughs> I'm here for her. Um, but so then we started working together. We, I joined the advisory board for six years. I believe that was a term that we had during the 25 year anniversary part of it. I was the board president and it was just amazing to see. We did potluck, not, not a potluck, but somewhat like a potluck dinner celebration, a festival for the 25th anniversary. And anybody that had been impacted, tutors, students were, were there at the 25th anniversary celebration. And it was amazing to see. It's like, oh, you went there. Oh, your mom went there. And just the connections of like everybody that it was just so nice to see the span of the 25 years, the current students and just, you know, all the different foods and that. It was just a great way to say thank you, you know, for all the, the service that the, sister, that the sisters have provided to our community. And I think now we're creeping on the 30 year anniversary and it's just amazing that even through the pandemic through so much they still managed to provide you know assistance to our community and i think the needs are actually growing in the aurora area are they not and i know the literacy center has had 
partnerships with other literacy-oriented organizations so that they're working together in the community to provide as much support as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, I don't, do you have any particular insight into how that's going? Well, there was a literacy coalition that, you know, met regularly, and that's how I met um, Sister Kathleen a while, you know, re, re, re met her. But it was just the need is still so relevant, but the manpower is not all there. So I think even when everything was going with citizenship and immigrant status and what is, you know, what is all going on in our community with, with all that fear that was going on a few years ago. The sisters put together a program. We're at the library and just sharing, know your rights. What what do you have the, you know, opportunity to, to do? What can you do? What can't you do? And they were just so forward thinking and like, this is what the community needs. Let's act on it. Let's do it. And they always are partnering with whether it's Family Focus, World Relief, so many other organizations just to make sure that they're not duplicating services because there's plenty of need out there. It's not a competition and they just work so well with everybody. That is no small thing in any kind of community to have that level of cooperation across agencies and not non-for-profit organizations. So that is wonderful to hear. We have not talked a lot about the citizenship classes. Are, is that something that you can address and say, what does that look like? Well, Sister Jane Ann is the one that runs that program and they're held at the St. Mary's church campus. So there they, they meet and they have morning sessions and evening sessions and there's rolling registration for that. So you don't have to start in August or January. You can just join whenever you need to. And it's really a very neat program because Sister Jane Ann knows all the citizenship questions. And like, I remember at the advisory board meeting, she would ask some questions and we're like, we don't know the answers because there's like over a hundred questions. And then at one point they tried to increase the questions. Um, and then the fees, like she knows how to, you know, what the fees are and how much and how to work the process. Because I went once to the U.S. Embassy to help somebody with uh, citizenship, and it's very intimidating. It's very scary. And for me as a U.S. citizen, and I can just imagine them trying to go for citizenship and then having to overcome all those barriers and fears, and they have to do the test in English. And it's just so much comfort there that they have the individuals, the volunteers that quiz them on the questions, prepare them, and then some of them come back afterwards and say, this is how my experience went. This is, you know, what I was asked. And so it's so comforting to be able to have that community, to be able to connect and just know, okay, this is what they're going through. This is how it changed their, and again, they're just on top of everything. They know what's going on and how they're, how to, how to make it work. Thank you for, for sharing that information about the literacy or the citizenship classes that are offered. And I'm sure Sister Jane Ann loves doing that class. I mean, I, whenever I speak with her, she will mention this student or that student, and she'll say, now pray for so-and-so because they've got their citizenship exam this week. And all of us sisters get the prayers on. And um, so we are tied together, whether we're in Springfield or Aurora, we're aware of what is happening. And uh, the need for prayerful support for everybody that is there. If someone wanted to volunteer either to be a tutor at the Literacy Center 
or to assist Sister Jane Ann in teaching the citizenship classes? Do you know how they would go about doing that, Delilah? Well, they could, you know, we have a Facebook. There's the Dominican Literacy Center Facebook page. If anybody wanted to chat on that, we get messages there often. And there's about four of us that monitor that. So that that way we can do that. You can go on the Dominican Literacy Center website, dominicanliteracycenter.org. To be able to go on there, you can give us a phone call, 630-896-4636, I believe, is the phone number. You can stop by the, the Dominican Literacy Center. We're right on the St. Therese Church campus where there's Farnsworth and Liberty Street on the east side of Aurora, tucked in the back off of Vermont Avenue. It's 260 Vermont Avenue. You can connect with anybody. Basically, you can go on there and see the board member list. If you know anybody, reach out to them. But there's always opportunities to volunteer, either tutoring at the citizenship classes and in any other capacity. I know they're always taking donations or to provide to the students for and you know any needs that they have, hats, scarves, gifts for the kids. I mean, there's always a need. So definitely, if you if you can and are able to, please please share your your talent, time, and treasure with the sisters at the Dominican Literacy Center. That was a wonderful pitch, and <laughs> I, I don't think I can add anything to it except to say that though many of our listeners are in Aurora, not all of them are. And the reality is there are need for literacy classes and citizenship classes wherever you live. And so if you're not in the Aurora area and you can't volunteer at our literacy center, please check in your local directory, call your city office if you need to, or the community college in your neighborhood and find out where the literacy training program is in your area and volunteer. I think that both Anna Marie and Delilah have very clearly and very poetically helped all of us to see the impact that literacy has, not only on the life of the person who is studying to learn to read or write English, but on their extended family and literally on the entire community. So it is a tiny volunteer opportunity with an outsized impact. And um, the more people that we can get doing that, the better off the world will be. Right, Anna-Marie? Oh, I, I totally agree. In fact, um, one of the other women that's featured in the book, her daughter went on to become the president of the PTA um, uh, group at her local school where her children go to. And also, like, say, Maribel's daughter went on to get married and have a, a nice life, and much of it, uh, and, and she became a college graduate, too, which a lot of these women saw that they did not see before in their families where their children went on to graduate high school and college and have careers, uh, some in maybe different medical fields or other types of educational fields. So it, it also has that ripple effect where they are now teaching or working with other people. So those, uh, it has a far reaching effect all the way around. And a lot of these people too have come back to the center at some point or another and helped volunteer or provide things. One, one woman, I believe it was Teresa's son, who saw how many times they received donated toys or clothes at Christmas time. And so the one boy went out uh, later, he was in his 20s, and he and his friends collected donated toys and brought them to the center. So um, as you said, pay it forward. And that's what uh, many of them did without any prompting whatsoever. This is what they felt they wanted to do. 
So this is the way they want to contribute to society. This is uh, not something that uh, should be frowned upon in any way, shape, or form, but instead celebrate it because everyone is contributing something in one way or another to society and to other families. What a wonderful story. Our Flowcast tagline is that we like to tell the stories of people who are changing lives in hopeful ways. And I think the story that we've heard today about the Literacy Center and the inspiring lives of the women who graduate from there is truly meeting our mission uh, as a podcast. All of the resources that Delilah and Anna Marie mentioned will be available in the show notes at flowcastlisten.org. We encourage you to listen to the podcast, share it widely, share it with your friends, and let us know um, if there's any particular story that you'd like to hear. Delilah and Anna Marie, is there anything that either one of you would like to say that I didn't give you an opportunity to say? I'm just appreciative of the opportunity and to share share my story so that that way other people can hopefully connect and just realize how impactful the Dominican Literacy Center is, the work that they do. Well, as, as far as um, my work had been, it was just phenomenal to learn the depth and the breadth of uh, faith and love and a, a deep sense of loyalty to themselves and to their community that I had seen and experienced. And even though it took me a, a number of times talking with everybody to learn about them, each time was uh, eye-opening, and it was a joy to be able to meet all of these women. It was quite an honor, and uh, I certainly appreciate the sisters' time, uh, Sister Kathleen and other sisters that were involved with uh, the work there, and, and as well as you too, Sister Beth. Thank you very much. A big thanks to our guests, Delilah Alegria and Anna Maria Tomzik. Each of you brought a unique perspective to our understanding of the work of the Dominican Literacy Center in Aurora, Illinois, and its impact on the lives of the women who've gone through the center, their families, and ultimately the entire community. Flowcast is a production of the Dominican Sisters of Springfield. That's For the Life of the World cast. You'll find details about how to volunteer as a literacy tutor no matter where you live, at our website, flowcastlisten.org. I'm Sister Beth Murphy, and the Flowcast engineer is Brandon Durham. Until next time, know that you are blessed.